Talk what we know as we experience this issue in day-to-day -day life and using some basic research points that we've conducted on our own time prior to having this conversation. Hi, I'm Jenny. And this is Cody. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the Ricky's Podcast. podcast. <laughs> Today, um, me and Jenny are joined by another person, Willow, here to discuss a few issues. Um, in particular, the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on BIPOC communities, such as their health and financial status. So yeah, um, we're going to go through some a couple of questions that we have here and discuss um, what, like, what life is like now that you know COVID has affected all of us in a way and how it's affecting other communities at the same time. Yeah, of course. All right, so it looks like the first thing we're going to be covering today is what are the causes of this health inequity? Um, some causes I that come in my head is like the fact that people already struggle to have access to any sort of health care and now with COVID on top of it it makes it even harder because sometimes like nowadays it's more specific on how to get to like how to get to your health care or how to access the health care um as someone like who works in like a health care industry like I know that it's difficult to see your primary doctors now uh, a lot of it's over Zoom calls instead of like in-person checkups, which in-person checkups are m really important because it gives your provider and your nurses at like a, more personal information yeah. about their clients. Yeah, and it, and it also teaches them or shows you or shows them your body like language and all that. It's something that me and my provider has talked about is how important physically seeing each other is really important other than like over some kind of zoom call yeah particularly for even diagnosing you know the condition of a client or you know other underlying health conditions which as far as COVID-19 is concerned people are already aware is something that is very important um, for establishing whether a person is at risk and then like another thing that's come up about how it's affected like in quality like all of this is the fact that financial is such a huge thing um or like people already don't have or struggle getting jobs especially people with of different color because some people have opinions of the of uh, hiring others in a way and it's already hard enough to find jobs then but now the fact that everyone has like not everyone but like People have already lost their jobs, and now they have to go seeking for another job, but there's not many jobs out there. It exacerbates issues that people of color and other BIPOC um, members already faced in day-to-day -day life, COVID-19 has. Um, and it's something, you know, for instance, access to the healthcare system, uh, large delays, you know, uh, disproportionately um, a lower quality generally of uh, uh, health care is something that people in these communities have already struggled with and now that COVID-19 has hit like Jenny has said it's just made it even more difficult for them to get access to the yeah because like you can also include the educational 
aspect of this because since now we're all on Zoom, people of color, since they have lower income, they might not have the access to technology to access the education we have currently. Yeah, like technology is so like I feel like everyone expects you to have some sort of technology these days, but like the fact that people don't have jobs, they don't have the money to like you said to access those technologies yes like school provides students um with these certain technologies to help them benefit from like like help them with school but like sometimes like not even yeah some schools don't have the the money the grant money to access these technology items and like sometimes not they don't even work a lot because like i've had experience with school computers or you've had problems with your school laptop from the past and like and it it literally is pretty crappy in a way they're very cheap yeah i think you guys are bringing up the things that people have access to in their communities the things that they're um, willing to provide the resources like the school systems are willing to provide um, which is obviously dependent on where you live uh, the mm-hmm. kinds of neighborhoods you live in, a higher or lower income neighborhood, which sort of brings us into the next part of this uh, question here, which is what are the social determinants of this issue and the numbers of people involved? Honestly, I, in my opinion, I don't think you can give a certain number of how many people are currently be affected by this right now because it is a global pandemic and everyone is affected by it, no matter what or how. It's it's affecting everyone even if it's like the slightest thing or it's literally has changed your world world completely so i there's no way you can put a number on how many people is affected in a way so and then definitely. like yeah because there's definitely the people that you can track case wise in medical records but then there's also the families that are connected and their friends that are being impacted by this and there's unreported cases that you also have to consider. So you can't really ever have a true number of everyone who's being impacted. Yeah, and as for the social determinants, those are things that, you know, people of color, people in um, black, indigenous, uh, or people of color, um, generally live in different types of social settings you know different parts um i think um willow brought up earlier that um they're more likely to live in more densely populated areas such as cities yes in more dense populations you obviously have more people who you'll pass or more close proximity and you're more likely to be exposed yeah it's a higher risk because not only that but there there's also the transport aspect where usually people of color Rely on public transport. Rely on public transport. Yeah, and some people, some people can't even afford like public transport. Sometimes, like sometimes people would have to just walk, and like you're still within like a proximity of others, no matter what. And it's such a huge problem in like public transport. Do you think that they're going to be cleaning and wiping down everything every five seconds or every time? There are some places that try to do that, and it's no, but like. It's not like it's a constant thing. Like imagine going on the max and like wiping I, down the seats every single time. It's not that, I feel like that's a personal thing you got to do. You bring your own wipe, you wipe down the seat in a way. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
So our next point is, how do these elevated disease rates impact the quality of life for community members? Um, wait, hold up. <laughs> I like how we both are trying to look over and read. Oh, we don't have uh, any notes oh. for that section. Wait, I'm trying to read the question again. Oh, yeah. How do these elevated disease rates impact the quality of life of community members? Well, obviously, um, people in communities that are already in disparity obviously have even harder troubles that they have to deal with. There's a lot more stuff that they have to consider. There's a lot of stuff that they're going to have to consider budget-wise, education-wise, health-wise, mm -hmm. like we all mentioned before. Um, Whenever like you read that question, it made me think of like, like how are other people with diseases affected by it? But that's not the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Can I just see this? This one. Yeah. I'm trying to understand the question better. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're trying to like figure it out. <laughs> we do have notes, but this one we actually accidentally skipped. So. Well, obviously, there'd be limited uh, access to communicating with your community members, so your quality of life will definitely be lowered. Like your community centers, your local community centers use usually a lot of people go to those to like have people interact with, yeah. send their kids to daycare, send their kids to play, send their kids to swim lessons. You know, go out and interact. Going to or, church, going to the grocery store, exactly. playing at the park and the playground. But because of COVID increased rates, we have to social distance. We have to limit our access and our quality of life will also decrease. Yeah, and it's important because a lot of cities that try to have over the last several years trying to improve the quality of life, improve the situations for people in minority communities, one of the uh, ways they try to achieve this is by implementing things in these communities that, uh, that um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, encourage uh, being an active member of the community, you know, going to your library, you know, going to the park, these sorts of things. And now that the COVID has hit it, um, people just simply can't do those things. Yeah, it makes it it's harder for people to do these things. And something that it made me think of is like, people, human beings need the social interaction in their lives in order to be like some sort of mentally stable or something like that. Like, not being able to see friends physically is a bit more draining than being at home constantly with no offense with your family which can be really exhausting like being in the same household with the same fa your same family members every single day and not going out and doing something and telling because like usually like you would go out do something and then come home and tell your family what you've done and it's some kind of connection yeah. but now you're with them 24 7 how are you how are you going to really connect if you don't have access to yeah, that social interaction in a way it definitely does make it seem like these people are going to have more trouble um, with their mental health which brings us into our next question does this disparity lead to other health issues or elevated disease rates i think it does like yeah, back it does. back when i was back to what i was saying was um, because of, without that social interaction, I 
learned from my classmates and just people in general who have been quarantined for so long and haven't been talking or not talking but like interacting with people and they've become more depressed and they've come to realize like oh I actually need these people in my life and like the fact that you don't have like as much as we love technology and as much as it's nice to, to use technology as a way to access and talk to people it's not the full experience it doesn't it doesn't help with your person or yourself because it's just i don't know it's it doesn't cover of, all of our needs yeah, yeah. in a way so um, you also mentioned when you worked at a hospital like when you have to prevent covid you have to limit your staffing you have to limit the type of people who have to come in contact you it causes a really difficult time to like do other things like evaluate other parts of your health because you're either too concerned with going to a hospital because you might catch covid or the doctors have to put in extra procedures just to make sure that you don't catch covid yeah and like something like kind of like based off of that is i know where like from where i'm work where i work they weren't hiring people during the beginning of covid and all that and people were either like leaving their jobs because they were getting signed like rooms to do because i'm i'm a dc cleaner and um people who so there are people who don't want to be in the vicinity of any sort of covid and so they leave their job or they don't they just don't want to because people are afraid of it and which kind of sucks so for a long period of time like there weren't anyone there weren't a lot of people working the position i was working and so it made it difficult on not just the staff but for like the hospital because you need all your staff members to get the flow of the hospital going and all that so that was such a huge thing there's also the psychological effect of disparities because as your quality of life you know decreases you limit your social interactions your mental and emotional health definitely decline because you have less people to rely on you don't have that social aspect anymore you're not getting into contact with as many people and you're kind of decreasing that that need and you're increasing the health issues when it comes to psychological issues with covid you're not as likely to be able to meet with a psychologist in person you'll probably have to meet over calls and it makes it a lot harder to address if you already did have these issues or if you're starting to develop these issues yeah and like imagine having some sort of like underlying disease like you're already putting yourself at risk like imagine like dealing with like your own disease and then having this whole thing come over it makes it difficult on you so it's it's an issue for people who have health an underlying health of some sort and like people think that COVID, some people view covid as like not such a huge thing and like i said i work at a hospital i've seen two sides of covid there are people who are really badly injured who are actually like nerve like nerve brain damage damage versus like people with just under like a small acute like uh people who can get over it relatively yeah quickly like if it was just like a small flu or yeah. a small cold 
some people are disproportionately affected by that, especially if they have um, underlying medical conditions, as you've mentioned. Yeah, and it's, I feel like that's something, like, not a lot of people notice. They're like, oh, it's either bad or it's good, and it's, it's a mix of both, and you just have to be aware about it to make sure, like, everyone is not at risk and make sure everyone is safe within the same time, in a way. Yeah, so about that, how can society alleviate or cut this health disparity? Funding. Definitely in funding. You can help fund your local hospitals, because I know there is a large issue with indigenous people not getting enough medical funding. They needed more medical masks, needed more surgical equipment, they needed a lot of things, and we should help fund those. Yeah, and it, of course, that disproportionately, as you've mentioned, affects people in indigenous communities, and in many cases also people who live in um, uh, who in minority communities, which, as we've established before, already have less access to many healthcare systems. And like testing, you there needs testing. to be yeah needs more testing because you we had a conversation earlier. Where your friend it was, can be very difficult for people yeah. to get access to COVID testing. They reserve the testing for people who they might deem are more in need of testing. But then again, who, who, who gets to decide what that definition is? Um, and, like, some people think that, like, COVID testing is, isn't free. But, like, it, it, I'm pretty sure it is free. And if it's not, it should be free because people need access to that to know if they're okay in a way so I feel like that's such a huge thing like yeah it's like also people having access to just getting tested in a way because like like I said earlier you were having we were having a conversation how your friend had to drive hours to go get tested in order to go to a different state within the United States, and I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous. Well, he didn't have to go to a different state. I live in Washington, no. but it's still across the state, yeah. But yeah, it was it, it was long more di difficult long than... Long drive it, to go to a different state, that's what I said. Yeah, other, otherwise, more difficult than it otherwise should have it been. It could be considered the distance of going to another country in some places. In know? some places, yeah, for um, sure. Another, I think, thing that could help alleviate it would also be... I lost my train of thought. Staying focused on the disease, not oh, forgetting yeah. that it is yes. something that's happening. Talking about it. Being active oh, in your community. Yeah, Everybody knows COVID it. is happening, but it. people need to realize that despite being six months in or however many months it's been into this pandemic, everyone is still at risk. That you doesn't go to, away. You have to have the mentality, because I know quite a lot of teenagers that are like, it's not affecting me. I'm young. I can do this. I can just go out and party. Yeah, like, stop. It's not affecting you me. You need to stop it's faking yourself into it. Like, it's, it's, it's a even, thing. It's, it's not, a real thing. It's not only just faking it. It's having the mentality of acknowledging that other people are being affected other than you and that you should care. And it's a similar thing to the um, vaccination issue that if everybody takes this more seriously it makes life easier for those who either have no access or limited access to the systems they need to help prevent this um yeah i lost my train of thought there. i'm sorry i think we could probably go to the number six yeah. to go more into what can individuals do yeah, like individual people. What actions can uh, the affected community take themselves? Social distance. 
Don't go to parties. Wear masks. Like, like if you're going to go to parties, at least, like, limit the amount of people you're going to go see. Know who's, uh, well, I don't know if you can know who's been tested, but know, like, everyone should at least, like, know what they've done the last two weeks to make sure they haven't gotten contact or put themselves or others at risk. Make the choice of whether or not you should actually go get that coffee. Is it needed? Do you really yeah. need that? Do you, do you really need to spend that much money on coffee, to be honest with you, when you can go out home, go home and make it your damn self? <laughs> uh, um, wear a mask. I said that, yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> wear a mask. Um, let me think. Hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah, constantly keep, wash your hands. That's, your that's such a clean. huge thing. Follow health guidelines Follow provided by the health institutions. Six feet apart. Stay six feet. <laughs> Recommendations change as the situation changes. Why are you saying this? to adapt. Um, oh, and also as individuals, maybe leave things that are like that people of lower income. Leave those things to those people who can can't afford higher cost things. That's what I'm trying to say. I know that sounds weird. I don't know how to phrase this, but like like cheaper things, like leave it to people who Yes. Don't <laughs> don't go buying thousands of rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, please. that's so dumb. <laughs> Remember that? I know that's that not was literally the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> I know that's not much of an issue now, but if you can afford it and be able to resell it at thousands, you shouldn't be buying it. Yeah, don't buy what you need. Don't waste you your money don't waste your money and con people in a way like leave scalping yeah yeah just leave it leave it be let other people have access to it because sometimes if people can't can have access the more maybe more expensive of the products too i'm not saying you should but i'm saying consider it so that people of lower income can have the lower cost which in a way is sort of dodging the issue, but it also is pretty closely related to our final point, which is what can the public as a whole do to help alleviate this issue? Just um, acknowledging it. Public education. Yeah. Like, I know we've acknowledged it a lot, and honestly, I feel like something that I've really, like, thought about is, like, how social media, or at least news, makes COVID sound extremely scary and they make it sound like it's the end of the world. I mean, consider the population and the mindset here in America compared to another country like that's has lower rates. Like maybe like Japan, because I know a little bit more about Japan, where they completely closed off the country. They completely made sure that anyone who does travel to the country has a two-week quarantine period. I think they also do that in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I know like yeah, in France, one of my French exchange student friends she was recently they were recently put under uh another phase of quarantine yeah Yeah, they had multiple phases yeah so they're back in it when which they look like they weren't having any troubles until like people were going more into public probably i have no idea what they were doing but like re-quarantining but now they have to re-quarantine and that's something we don't want to do is to have to re-quarantine like yeah which is similar to one of the points that you guys made earlier which is just to simply follow public guidelines don't go to the beach don't go to public places that are usually public masses just but if you are going to go to these places make sure you're taking the right protocols remember remember to just 
to remain six feet apart, wear a mask. Like, yes, you don't want to put yourself at risk, but you don't want to put others at risk at the same time. So have that mindset. It's not just you, but it's everyone else as well. Yeah, and even if you don't see someone else following these guidelines, if you are taking part in it, it's more than if nobody was taking part in it at all. Yeah. So as much contribution to solving this issue as we can get is better than nothing. Not only just for the public and thinking of COVID in general, bringing it back to the the more people of color, indigenous, and black communities. Make sure to also be considering the effects and specifically these communities because they do have a harder time compared to just thinking of it in general. You want to kind of don't expand it too far. Think about it in the specific groups and areas. Find ways to help other communities that don't have access to any help that or things that you have access to in a way. So like you like yeah, consider other communities that are struggling. I feel like that's such a huge thing that people don't consider is how are certain communities are actually really struggling versus their community. Yeah, I thought a lot of interesting points were brought up today about this issue. It is definitely a very complex issue that affects all of us, and I think that it is something that if we were all to spend a little bit more of our time um, looking into and being more vigilant and being, you know, following the guidelines that we have, it would make it easier for everybody. And I guess this includes this episode of Reckies Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for paying attention, everyone. And stay safe. Don't get, don't put yourself at risk. Don't put other people at risk. Wear your mask. Social distance. Six feet. Acknowledge the health disparities in people of color and in other communities other than your own. Help others get access to health any of any sort. If you can, try and look for donation sites. Donate to health organizations. They need it. Help people get jobs, too. Businesses are starting to open up, or have been open up. Help help others that really need it get a job, because people really need it to get access to money for all these problems from food to health care to etc. So, yeah. Until next time, guys. Bye.